For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to the SEC Morning Report. I am Blaine Gilmer. Thank you so much for tuning in here to Southeastern 14, your home for daily SEC sports coverage. Guys, basketball got kicked off last night, and Blake Lovell and Chris Lee, of course, will have you updated on all that. Of course, we are in the stretch run here of the SEC. The SEC East could be decided this week. I believe the West could be decided this week as well. So we're getting closer and closer to knowing what the matchup in Atlanta is going to be. We're getting closer to the playoff push, all of this different stuff. And this is the place to get all of your action, guys, and all of your coverage of that action. So when you're talking about action, guys, you also got to talk about bet online. If you want somewhere that you can uh, do a little bit of wagering, also get all your news, trends, all that kind of stuff, betonline.ag is the place for you. Remember, guys, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and basketball is ready to go as well. College basketball, as we said, tipped off last night. Of course, the NBA is in full gear right now. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head over to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, because we're part of the Believe Network now, guys, B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So it'll put you halfway to a profit there, guys. Bet online where the game starts. Guys, today it is a Tuesday morning, and on Tuesdays here at the at Southeastern 14 on the morning report, we go over the numbers and we go inside the numbers to let you know what's going on in these matchups. And there are some exciting ones this weekend. We're going to touch on three games today. Uh, we may get into some of the numbers on some other ones later in the week, but the marquee games of the week and starting where college game day and, and all the, the hype will be when a top 10 matchup here, it is going to be Ole Miss and Georgia in Athens. Uh, so we're going to look at the defense of the Rebels while the Bulldogs are on the field offensively. You can see right here, Ole Miss allowing 22.9 points per game on defense. These are SEC rankings, by the way. So that is seventh in the SEC. Georgia second in the SEC, 39.3 points per game. That dipped down below the 40-point average they were holding after they uh, managed just to score 30 points on Missouri. And I say just 30, but Missouri defense is, is pretty salty, but Georgia uh, actually did better in the red zone than they had done in previous weeks, and we'll get to that in a minute. Ole Miss can flat get out of the quarterback. Pete Golding has always been an aggressive coach. He's always had a front that will play multiple fronts, and, and they'll do some stemming. 
they'll do some different different things. And sometimes those guys in the middle, um, whether they they line up uh, Jared Ivey or whether they uh, you know have JJ Pegues or whoever it is in the middle there, sometimes those guys can just be one-on-one matchups for guards uh, and centers, and they do a lot of twisting and stunning. I mean, uh, Ole Miss is very, very active up front, and you can see the havoc that they cause back there by way of sacks. So 31 uh, on the year, that's second in the SEC to Texas A&M. Georgia, very good at at protecting the quarterback. However, they only had given up six sacks going into the Missouri game. They gave up three versus the Tigers, so that's something to watch. Can Ole Miss get to Carson Beck in this game? Uh, even when he they got to him, Missouri, he wasn't rattled by it. But man, uh, it certainly, certainly, uh, you know, if you don't have that clean pocket all day, it certainly gets that internal clock maybe mo- speeding up a little bit faster. Maybe rushes just a couple of your throws. There were a couple that I feel that Beck missed in the Missouri game that he was just felt maybe a little bit more rushed than he wanted to be uh, and missed just a couple of guys who, who were coming open. If he could have held on onto it, just, just a tad longer and been a little bit more patient with it. Third downs. Uh, Ole Miss is not very good at getting people off the field on third down. They only, they, they allow people to convert 39.8% of the time, um, which is, you know, you would like that number to be a whole lot lower. Uh, Georgia is very good at extending drives on third down, and some of that, has, as of late, has come by the way of Carson Beck's legs. Yes, in this matchup, we think a lot about Jackson Dart being the running quarterback, but Carson Beck has shown uh, repetitively this year that he has the ability, when you, if you want to lock up and play man coverage and turn your back to him, he'll take off and run. And also when they get him outside the pocket and move the pocket a little bit, he's not afraid to take off and put his head down and get a few yards uh, if, he, if he needs to. So third down conversion. And, and part of that is because Georgia plays ahead of the chain so much, guys. They've been very, very good on first and second down. However, that was the opposite case against Missouri. Missouri had a very good plan. They loaded the box. They brought a bunch of pressure, and they kept Georgia off balance on first down, and Carson Beck and company had to convert some some longer situations on third down. So can Ole Miss replicate that? That'll be something to watch. Uh, Ole Miss not great on the red zone touchdown percentage allowed, uh, but neither is Georgia in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Tenth in the SEC respectively for both of them offensively and defensively so which which kind of relative weakness will step up and play better in terms of that role and then the explosive plays Ole Miss kind of middle of the pack there they've allowed 37 38 explosive plays 20 plays of 20 yards or more this year Georgia is third behind only LSU and Ole Miss, who creates a lot of their own explosive plays offensively. So Georgia is only behind those two offensively in terms of explosive plays on their own. They had five of those against Missouri last week. All right, the offense for Ole Miss versus Georgia's defense. Everybody knows this is kind of the matchup that's going to be talked about the whole week. Lane Kiffin's offense is offensive mind versus the, the brain trust that is the law firm of Smart, Schumann, and Muschamp over there in Athens, uh, the the defensive gurus. Georgia first in the SEC, only allowing 15.4 points per game. They surrendered 21 
to uh, to Missouri. However, uh, Missouri got to the red zone three times, only walked away with 14 points. So that is uh, something that that they have to uh, be pretty pretty good with. And then also when you're talking about you know Ole Miss here, 38.3 points per game. They're scoring at a high clip. Georgia actually scoring a little bit more than them right now, but uh, Ole Miss is certainly dangerous offensively. Middle of the pack, Jackson Dart, sometimes they'll hold the ball a little bit longer. Sometimes they'll scramble around, do things like that, and they have, they've allowed 20 sacks on the year, so that's right in the middle of the pack there in the SEC. Georgia only has 19. They did have three this past week against uh, Missouri and moved up from 16 to 19 on the year. They're 11th in the SEC. Uh, third down conversion, Georgia's very, very good. That's something that they they did manage to hold Missouri down uh, last week and be able to keep them from extending drives when they needed to. Georgia holds teams to a best SEC best 26.55% on third down conversions. Ole Miss not great on third down. And some of that may be because Lane Kiffin's not a, not afraid to go for it on fourth down, as we know. So sometimes, you, you know, you got two downs. You don't have to get it all on third down. But only 36.28% on third down conversions. That's something to keep an eye on there. Red zone touchdown percentage. Listen, Georgia allows people into the red zone fewer uh, with fewer attempts, fewer frequency than anybody. But people have scored touchdowns against them. Georgia allowing 70% touchdown rate. Ole Miss is pretty good in the red zone, and one way you can be really good in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns down there instead of field goals is being able to have a strong running game, and Ole Miss is so multiple in their running game, whether it's QB run, whether it's, you know, stuff off of off of different different motions and different uh, different actions in the backfield. Of course, they can just straight up hand it off to Quinshaw Judkins and then even U- Ulysses Bentley, and they have two backs that can really run. So when you're able to run the football well in the red zone, that's going to lead you to have opportunities to score more touchdowns, um, touchdowns more often than not. And that is the case for Ole Miss. They're very explosive, only behind LSU in explosive plays. They have 65 plays of 20 yards or more, but Georgia limits explosive plays very well. They did give up five of those against Missouri, however, though. So some, some definite things that they're going to have to work on, but that is the, that is the Georgia versus Ole Miss matchup in the numbers. Guys, listen, it's going to be a deal where both of these offenses are going to get theirs on Saturday. Uh, make no mistake about it. If I think it, if there's one play you can look here, it's probably the probably the over whatever the points is. I think there's going to be some points scored. However, the question is how much does that third down matchup come into play there where Georgia's been very successful of getting people off the field on third down plus all the crowd noise all that kind of stuff and Ole Miss has not been however if it gets down into the red zone which Ole Miss will get their trips into the red zone it seems like Ole Miss would have an advantage there especially when the run game of Quinshot Judkins and the run game uh, with Jackson Dart himself just gives you extra numbers in the box, extra hats to get on people blocking. So that is a interesting matchup. They're excited to see it. Another interesting matchup, guys, that we're going to talk about is Tennessee going to Como to take on the Missouri Tigers. Of course, uh, Tennessee, you know, has righted the ship as of late. It beat Kentucky, beat the crap out of UConn, and then now they have a road game in the SEC uh, to kind of keep pace. Because, uh, listen, if Tennessee 
were to win and Ole Miss were to beat Georgia, then that game next the next week in Knoxville would be for all the marbles in the SEC East. So, uh, you know, they, they've got a lot to continue to play for here. You see the points per game. Tennessee scoring 34.8 points per game. Uh, Missouri holding people to 24 points. That's just middle of the pack. Uh, but that defense played really, really well um, in terms of its game plan, its execution against Georgia. They were able to get three sacks on Carson Beck. That Those 27 sacks are fifth in the SEC for Missouri. So they're going to be aggressive. They've got two corners that they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to be okay playing man coverage against those guys. Missouri's going to be aggressive. They're going to say, hey, we're going to be okay playing man coverage with Enos Rakestraw and Chris Abram Drain and, and you know, being able to try to get an extra hat in the box and bring a lot of pressure. They bring a lot of pressure. Um, however, it is not paid off for Missouri in terms of getting off the field on third down. Uh, they're allowing people to convert at a clip of 38.1%. That's only ninth in the SEC, so something they definitely want to clean up there. They were pretty good against Georgia uh, in that mark. So I think they did a little bit better, kept Carson Beck off balance. So that's something you got to give them credit for with the the bye week and everything they had to get prepared for Georgia. Now can they recover and get ready for a different type of scheme here in Tennessee? Tennessee does a really good job of converting third downs. Um, they would like to be, you know, closer and higher uh, up in terms of over 50% probably, but 45.24% is still good for fourth in the SEC and they protect Joe Milton well only allowed 15 sacks this year so we'll see like I said Tennessee is going to have a lot of pressures brought at them by Missouri so that's going to be an interesting matchup there red zone touchdown percentage we know that Tennessee's got to be better in the red zone it's, it's cost them a couple times this year uh, in in games the Alabama game the Florida game uh, they're 14th in the SEC, only only scoring touchdowns 51.22% of the time when they get into the red zone. And Missouri's just kind of middle of the pack. They they allow people to score touchdowns 53.13% of the time when they're in the red zone. Uh, both these teams, the explosive plays have been a problem when it comes to Tennessee. Offensively, hasn't been able to generate them as much. 11th in the SEC, only having 38 plays of 20 uh, yards or more that's a far cry from what they had last year with that explosive offense they had with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman and and all of those guys over there of course Brew McCoy's out this year uh, with a leg injury now for Tennessee and then you're talking about um, Missouri uh, having allowed 43 uh, 43 explosive plays this year and they gave up a fair share to Georgia last week as well now you have the Missouri offense, Luther Burden, as that ankle, you know, totally healthy. He seemed to tweak it a little bit there in that Georgia game. Um, didn't do a whole lot after that, so we'll see see how that goes for him. Uh, the Vols defense, it is active, only allowing 18.4 points per game. Missouri scores 32.4. The sacks on the year, Missouri, uh, just like Tennessee, they protect their quarterback. And Brady Cook has tremendous escapability. So this is a matchup I'm really wanting to see. James Pierce Jr., Tyler Barron, uh, Aaron Beasley, Omar Norman Lott, all these guys I want to see, can they get after uh, this Missouri offensive line and also Brady Cook and keep contain on him because Georgia tried to pressure him a couple times, tried to get after him a couple times in the backfield. He was able to escape and extend drives on third down. That helps their third down conversion percentage, although it's not 
you know, elite. It's still pretty good. 41.12% is Missouri. Tennessee, very, very good holding people uh, to converting third downs at a, a low rate of just 33.57%. That's fourth in the SEC. Touchdown red zone percentage. Nobody does it better than Tennessee in the SEC there. You, you know, a lot of times you get into their red zone uh, more than half the time. They're going to hold you to a field goal attempt and then or or turnover on downs altogether. And then you talk about Missouri. You know, when we said red zone success, you got to be able to run the football. They can run the football, whether it's Brady Cook's legs, whether it's doing stuff with Luther Burden out of a Wildcat, whether it is Cody Schrader um, that's able to run that stretch play. They are very, very good um, at their running game, and that helps you a ton in the red zone. Uh, also, they can, you know, the quickness of Theo Weiss and also, uh, also Luther Burden underneath. Mookie Cooper, all those guys, they have different weapons that they can attack you with in the red area. So that is a good matchup, a strength on strength right there in terms of being in the red zone and seeing who executes better. Explosive plays, uh, Missouri's got 50 of them. Like I said, they had they had, they had five of those uh, against, against Georgia. So that is a, a definite weapon for them. They can hit big plays down the field, but Tennessee limits them. Uh, only Georgia does it better in the SEC than Tennessee does only allowing 31 explosive plays so far this year. Guys, when it comes to Tennessee and Missouri, I think when you look at those numbers and you see, okay, what are some advantages here? I'm I'm just excited to see, okay, that active defensive front for Tennessee. Uh, James Pierce Jr., now they only got to, to UConn one time in terms of, of getting a sack uh, on the day, and, and, you know, they're not probably playing – as aggressively and, and different things like that. It's it's hard to keep that that edge the entire time. But we know that James Pierce Jr. is a tremendous has a tremendous get off, a tremendous athlete on the edge over there. Uh like I said, they can create different matchup problems, whether they however they move around uh Tyler Barron, um where Aaron Beasley lines up, can he come, you know, on third downs they move him outside, can he come off the edge, different things like that. Uh so seeing that Missouri offensive line uh, at home with Brady Cook, how does that Tennessee defensive front respond and how can they get after the quarterback? I think that's going to be a big deal there because just like I said in the the Ole Miss and Georgia game, these offenses, I think uh, I think Joe Milton's playing more confident now and I think they're both going to have times where they they hit some hit some explosive plays and they have some some opportunities to make plays, but who can negate? the negative plays against themselves and Tennessee and Missouri are both very active up front and like to create that havoc. So that'll be the deal there who can stay in front of the chains and try to make sure that they have manageable third downs to convert. Cause both these groups, uh, both of these teams, these offensive groups are pretty good at converting on third down. And then the other game we're going to talk about is Alabama going to Lexington to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, fascinated to see the physicality in this matchup. These are two groups that really pride themselves on being able to really, really kind of just uh, be be road graders, of, so to speak, on of different kinds. Uh, the Alabama defensive front can just – Come at you and really, you know, stuff the stuff the run game and maintains gap integrity. And then you've got the all the different pin and pull schemes, the duo scheme, the outside zone scheme that Kentucky runs, the RPO game. 
it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I'm excited to see the the defensive uh, mind of Kevin Steele go go versus the offensive mind of Liam Cohen and see who executes a little bit better. Kentucky right in the middle of the pack, 30 points per game. Alabama's been very, very good on allowing 17.8 points per game. Alabama gets after the quarterback now. They, uh, they're right there behind uh, Ole Miss and, and right behind Tennessee and – Texas A&M in terms of sacking the quarterback. We know what Dallas Turner can do, uh, Chris Braswell, all these different guys. Um, they are going to have some some guys out uh, in this game, possibly on the second and third levels of their defense with Deontay Lawson and Jalen Key. They could be out. Who knows? We'll see how they're doing injury-wise. Um, Lawson had an ankle, Jalen Key had a quad. But if they do miss time or they are limited anyways, that just makes that defensive front for Alabama that much more important trying to get to Devin Leary and you would think Devin Leary who's not known as a runner maybe the sack numbers allowed would be higher for Kentucky but he's got some some sneaky uh, escapability and be able to move within the pocket uh, that offensive line has protected him well only 13 sacks allowed in the in in the season this year that is second in the sec third down conversion rate uh both of them are just kind of middle of the pack in terms of alabama um what they allow other teams to convert they've gotten better with that over the year over this year uh and kentucky has played much better in terms of third down conversion last couple of weeks Devin Leary that passing game starting to starting to come into form a little bit there in terms of being able to take advantage of what the defense is giving you touchdown percentage in the in the red zone Alabama's very good holding people less than half the time 48 percent uh that they only allow touchdowns and that at that rate and then Kentucky again one reason you can be pretty good and they are good in terms of scoring touchdowns of 64.52% of the time is because, hey, you're able to run the football with Ray Davis. Now, will they be able to do that against a very, very good Alabama defensive front when they get down there and that field gets condensed and things happen? I think you'll have to see Devin Leary step up and whether it's Dane Key on a on a flag route or a, or or maybe even a fade, a back shoulder, something like that. He's more of that that big uh, guy that can go up and, and have the strong hands and be able to bring it down or is it some quick mesh stuff underneath with with uh, Tavion Robinson some screens out to him you can use Barry and Brown in different ways so they're going to have to be creative down there uh, not an extremely explosive offense for Kentucky they have had some explosive runs more explosive runs than they have uh, you know explosive passes this year but explosive plays only 46 on the year Alabama allowing 38 that is eight right in the middle of the pack there of the SEC. And then you're talking about the Tides offense. It's really changed over the last couple of weeks. Jalen Milrow really uh, being more willing to run. Tommy Reese um, designing more runs for him. Uh, 31.9 points a game for Alabama. Kentucky holding people to 22.3 points per game. A um, little bit higher than than they would like under, under Mark Stoops, but it has – played better as of late 23 sacks on the year out uh, for Kentucky uh, like they're right there in the middle of the SEC Alabama uh, they had gone pretty much I think every game this year allowing four sacks or more until this LSU game they they limited those to two sacks in this game so but in that 37 mark they do struggle at times with being able to protect Jalen Milrow 
and uh, that's the worst in the SEC at 30, uh, 37 sacks is worse in the SEC. So we'll see if they're able to protect Milrow against that defense that's going to be aggressive and it's going to try to get after you uh, with that, you know, that as Brad White and Mark Stoops always do. Third downs, guys. And here's one thing about, about Kentucky on third downs. When you're not able to consistently get pressure, okay, and also you at times there's been games where they've been dominated on first and second down and allow third and manageable, that that creates a problem for you on, on those third downs and allows people to convert. They've not been great, not anywhere close to where Mark Stoops and Brad White would want this defense to be on third down. So uh, is that something where they – they change up their personnel groupings a little bit on that, or do they they bring maybe more pressure on first down, trying to trying to create some more negative plays? So we'll see what happens. What happens there? Alabama third in the SEC, still not to that fifty uh, percent mark where you'd like to be, but they are third behind LSU and Georgia in converting third downs. Um, red zone percentage starting to get a little bit better for Alabama. It was way worse than this earlier in the year in terms of red zone touchdown percentage, but they're still eighth. Um, and then half the time, right at dead half the time, uh, Kentucky's going to allow a touchdown in the red zone. So not terrible, not the, not not exactly what they want either. Um, fifth in the SEC explosive plays. Kentucky does a really good job of limiting them, um, you know, whether it's the guys in the back, one like Maxwell Harrison uh, that have been able to, to you know, Stay with those guys deep, and they've they've also got some experienced safeties back there. So we'll see if they're able to limit the big play. That is something that Alabama has really, especially as Jalen Milrow has grown into the starting role. They've really started to become a big play team through the air, uh, offensively being able to, um, you know, take those shots deep after after pounding the rock and running the football. Um, so I think that's going to be a big key here for this this matchup of Kentucky and Alabama. And listen, guys, uh, there's a reason that Alabama is a double-digit favorite, okay? There's a reason. They, they have more talent. They should win this football game. Um, but when you when it comes down to it, you've got to look at, at these, these corners, uh, these safeties for Kentucky and see, okay, can they be up for the challenge? Like I said, Maxwell Hairston, uh, Zion Childress, um, you know, Andrew, Andrew Phillips, all of these guys, can they be ready to go here in this, this game against, against Alabama, uh, a home environment. It's going to be an early kick and Alabama, uh, is coming off a big emotional win versus LSU. Is there any kind of, uh, any kind of hangover there from that? You would think that Alabama is a very, very mature program and Nick Saban is going to get them prepared to turn the page, uh, but ne nevertheless, there are some intriguing matchups there in those three games. Guys, we hope that you are intrigued by the content. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Um, appreciate everybody tuning in. All of that stuff is free, guys, with the, the liking, the subscribing, turn on notifications, but it helps our analytics tremendously. So uh, support us. Tell a friend if you, if you don't mind. If you love SEC football coverage, we'll be back tomorrow morning with another episode of The Morning Report. Make sure you check out Chris Lee and Gavin Schoenwald on The Daily Show. 
later today here in a couple of hours. So like I said, lots of content. Blake Lovell is going to be doing his thing on basketball. So if you want to hear about ACC hoops, then this is also your home for that as well. Remember, we are presented by Bet Online. You can get all that information in the description if you want that 50% deposit bonus on your first, or 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you next time right here on Southeastern 14. 